You're listening to a CNA podcast. Welcome back to the Money Talks podcast. Confession time. How many of us were tempted to rush down to the nearest money changer the moment we found out that the Malaysian currency had hit a high of 3.4 against the Singapore dollar? I have to tell you, that temptation was very real for me. Because like many Singaporeans, I love a little jaunt in JB, quick drive to Malacca, maybe even hit up KL. What's not to love about the Malaysian food and all the shopping, not forgetting the massages. I mean, when you convert that money, it is just that much sweeter when you get more bang for buck. Well, for your Singapore buck, at least. So in this episode, we wanted to get a little crash course on currency fluctuations and how it can help or even hinder us and if we can even make money off of these so-called lucrative rates. To unpack it all, I have with me Enya Rodriguez. She's a research analyst at Value Champion. Hey, welcome to Money Talks, Enya. Hi, lovely to be here. Okay, so let's start with what happened. We saw all that's happened in the currency markets, the latest search. I mean, 3.4, that's mind-blowing. This is up 4.15%, I did the math, (laughs) uh, since the year began. Can this go even higher, you think? Can we look at 3.6, 3.7? So, obviously, I'm not able to predict where the currency exchange is going to go. Sure. But from MAS standpoint, how we fix our currency exchanges is usually through a policy called SNEAR, the Singapore Dollar Nominal Effective Exchange Rate. Right. So unless MAS changes that, I'm mm-hmm. not really able to say what's happening on the Malaysian side, where the exchange rates will change. Okay. But you never know with inflation changing and like a Malaysia's domestic economy changing, there's always a chance that exchange rates will keep fluctuating and we will keep seeing that amazing. <laughs> Singapore to Malaysia the ringgit exchange rate. Do, do you go to Malaysia often? I mean, now that we have this really advantageous currency exchange? Not as often as I would like, probably, <laughs> you know. When's the last time you went? Maybe beginning of the year. Okay. Went to JB for the day, you know, do your hair, do your nails. I know. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not, right? Exactly. Okay, so like, as I said earlier, I went to rush out, exchange my dollars for the ringgit. Is this a good move though? Should I be the typical Kiasu Singaporean the moment the exchange rate hits a high again? I should change as much as possible. Should I be doing that? I mean, you're never going to be able to predict what's going to happen. But if you're comfortable with the current exchange rate, why not, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you think that you're getting a good bargain, go for it. The thing is that how much more it can change is probably not that great. Mm. So... If you are happy with what it is now, then just change your money now, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Are there rules that I need to be aware of? For example, money changers, they have set amounts that they're allowed to change before they're so-called sold out, right? So are there these kinds of unwritten rules that I need to be aware of when I'm exchanging my SING dollars? I think because... As a personal consumer, the amount that we're changing is so little. Mm. We don't really have to consider like what these money changes will have to consider on their scale of changing money. Right. So if you're concerned about exchange rates always fluctuating, the mm. other thing that you can also think about is maybe if you have things like Utrip or Revolut. Right. And those are the multi-currency cards. Yes, exactly. Okay. So instead of having to rush down to that money changer every single time you want to lock in that good exchange rate, mm. you can always do it virtually as well. 
and then you can do it in smaller amounts more frequently and as and when you're comfortable you can do more you can do less at any given time actually we did have an episode about multi-currency cards and it's like stored value almost right when you have a digital wallet where you can store a different currency at a time because the sing dollar is that much stronger right how much would you recommend i do i personally don't change more than a few hundred at a time unless i know i'm like stocking up for a big trip that i'm going for yeah because i rather not have all of my money tied up in foreign currency in the first place smart move (laughs) smart move yes on that note right can you please please explain to me why currencies fluctuate so much? I mean, is this something that is specific to the current economic conditions because we have high inflation, high mm. interest rates, things are a bit haywire, or is this something that is pretty typical? So currencies will always fluctuate for many different reasons, mm-hmm. but primarily it all boils down to supply and demand of your currency at sure. the end of the day, okay. right? So if there's more supply, then the prices will come down. All right. And that can be dependent on many different things. Mm -hmm. Of course, demand, the same way it works with demand. So if you export goods or if you sell things like your domestic goods in the foreign market, people will have to buy it in your home currency. Ah, okay. So that will increase the demand for your currency. Mm -hmm. And that can be all sorts of different things. For example, even if you want to invest in foreign assets, you have to do it in that foreign currency. So that will increase the demand for that currency as well. Right. Yes, mainly to do with demand and supply. Right. So, of course, right now we're experiencing high levels of inflation. Mm -hmm. So then some countries are experiencing higher levels of inflation than others Mm -hmm. and so some countries currency will be affected by that more so than others and that in turn will also cause foreign investors to think of your currency to be more of a safe haven right i see Yes. Okay. So, for example, in the region, our currency is fluctuating a little bit less mm-hmm. than some of maybe the other Southeast Asian currencies. Correct. So that can cause investors in the region to maybe want to buy into Singapore assets. Oh, so actually the stronger Sing dollar is attractive to investors. Especially okay. if your dollar fluctuates less because then you have less risk involved in holding because that you're, currency. Because they're seeing, oh, that's pretty there's a pretty good level of stability. Yes, exactly. It doesn't swing a lot. Exactly. I'm going to put my money in this place. Yes. Okay, but doesn't that mean though, when it comes to imports and exports, if my memory serves me correctly, a stronger sing dollar means your exports are going to be more expensive. Correct. Wouldn't that dampen demand then? Because if your exports are going to be expensive, whether or not the buyer is going to be able to afford it comes into question, right? Yes, definitely. So actually, MAS does have like a goal for the ex-Singapore dollar mm-hmm. and their goal is to slowly and gradually appreciate the Singapore dollar. Right. And what you said is definitely true with the whole like, if your currency is stronger, your exports are now more expensive. Mm. But in Singapore's case, because we import a lot of our materials to our factors of production as well, so our imports will now be cheaper with a stronger right. dollar. So we make more money. Yes. <laughs> That's and, nice to know. Yes. And also because we are considered to have very high value exports. Also oh, the perception of expensive exports from Singapore yes, already exists. Exactly. So our exports are not as sensitive to high exchange rates compared to maybe some other countries. That's fascinating. Okay, so... Obviously, we all know what the MES has done in order to curb inflation. It's an unconventional method, the SNEA, right? Well, we know the impact on the economy, Mm -hmm. as you've just explained. But what impact does it have on the Singaporean people? How do we benefit or not benefit from a stronger Singapore dollar? 
Well, of course, the most direct thing is now your online shopping is also much cheaper, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if anything that we're consuming that is denominated in foreign currencies will now be considered as cheaper yes. to us. <laughs> so that can be your vacations, that can be your online shopping. And also the main reason why the MAS has been trying to appreciate the Singapore dollar is mm. purely because our inflation tends to be imported since we import everything. Yeah. So that also means that for us, the idea is that now at home we will also experience a little bit dampened effects of an inflation. But then the idea is also that without this appreciation of exchange rates, we might be paying even more domestically because then now our imported goods will be even more expensive. So it is pretty important to keep that Sing dollar afloat. Yes. For a considerable length of time. Yeah, at least for us as consumers, definitely. It's mm. to our benefit. Okay, okay. That's good news. There was a time in the middle of last year when it seemed that the China we're familiar with was a completely different place. When the rest of the world moved on from the COVID-19 pandemic, as many as 300 million Chinese people were under some form of a mandatory lockdown. There were only two things on my mind, to find food and to not go crazy. Then suddenly, the people decided to take things into their own hands. For the first time in more than 30 years, protests swept through China. And just like that, Zero COVID ended. Join me, we do, for a look back at the extraordinary year in China and hear how it might have changed the country for good. Catch Red Wall Inside China's Zero COVID World, a two-part podcast series by CNA. It's available now on the CNA and Me Listen apps, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Let's now talk a little bit about tips on handling cash. If you're thinking about holding cash, one thing that I thought was a bit interesting is that now a lot of banks are offering foreign-denominated fixed deposits and the interest rates on those look so much more attractive than Singapore-denominated fixed deposits. The reason that they're giving you these better interest rates is because you are taking on that currency risk, right? You Great. don't know which way the currency is going to fluctuate. So maybe that's something you want to consider if you're a little bit more of a conservative investor but you want some foreign currency exposure. You can also think about foreign currency fixed deposits mm -hmm. but again you have to understand if the foreign currency depreciates against the same dollar then you're not getting that full return because you have to account for the loss in the currency exchange this naturally means that things are going to be expensive for tourists visiting us just thinking about the malaysian people who live and work here yes suddenly their cost of living increases as well because Yes, they're earning in Sing dollar, but they're also paying higher because of that stronger Sing dollar. So I guess it's a higher in, but it's also a higher out. Well, I guess for Malaysians who are working and living in Singapore, mm. to them, the majority of their lifestyles already denominated in Singapore dollar. They don't see that difference. Right. But now if they send money back home, that's a huge difference mm. to them. Yeah. Mm. So I think more so this will affect people who are crossing the border every day, who right. are living in ringgit and now have to spend daily in yeah, Sing dollar. That's painful. Okay, yeah. but what about the tourists? Do you think that the stronger Singapore dollar means that tourists are going to think twice about coming to Singapore for a visit because things are just that much more expensive? I think it'll definitely be a factor. But from my understanding, we do tend to attract a lot of like 
higher net worth tourists. Mm-hmm. You know, people come to Singapore, come to Orchard Road. <laughs> like that's what they think <laughs> Go of. Go see MBS. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe to this level of tourists, they're not gonna feel the impact of exchange rates as much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But what about the mid-income tourists? They might feel the pinch a little bit more. I think so. And also, even as you and I can tell, things just generally, even in Sing Dollar, are getting more expensive in Sing Dollar. Yeah. So then to have that be compounded with the Singapore dollar being even more expensive relative to their home currency, mm-hmm. that will definitely they can definitely feel the pinch. Okay, so the stronger Sing Dollar, I see it as benefiting us. When we're spending in Southeast Asia, for example, right. even I guess even Australia, you could consider it. I mean, yes. the last I checked, it was one to one point one. I'll take that. Does the strong Sing dollar have the same impact in, say, the UK or the US? Further afield, where the currencies there do tend to be as stable as Singapore, how does it compare in terms of impact? So. The US dollar is kind of like seen as the world reserve currency, mm-hmm. right? So most of the time, when our domestic policies are not going to have an impact on the US dollar, right? And up until recently, the US dollar was quite high against the Sing dollar. Mm-hmm. I think it was almost up to one point four percent at one point. So. For us, the US dollar was appreciating against the Sing dollar. So mm-hmm. for us, that was a little bit not to our advantage. So because their currency markets are probably much larger than ours, their mm-hmm. demand for their currency is much larger than the demand for the Sing dollar. So I think we will have a little bit less impact in that regard. Mm-hmm. I don't think going to the US is that much cheaper now than it <laughs> I was I don't think before. it will ever <laughs> be yeah. cheaper, unfortunately. That's just the nature of the US dollar. The yeah. greenback has always been known to be that powerful, that exactly. influential on the rest of us. It's the king of the basket, right? right. Yeah. The other th- aspect about the Sing dollar strength that I wanted to throw across to you is when it comes to investments, mm. right? At Money Talks, we always want to find out how is this going to affect my portfolio? Right. How is this going to affect the funds I'm investing in? So when it comes to investing, it may not be that good of a thing if you're investing in foreign denominated assets mm-hmm. like stocks for example let's say you're investing in Australian stocks and you bought it a year ago Right now that the Singapore dollar has appreciated against the Australian dollar that will actually eat into your returns on your Australian stocks Okay. because for example if your stock has gone up 10% but the Singapore dollar has gone up 2% against the Australian dollar then now your real returns will only be about 8%. So it shrinks my returns a yes. little bit. Okay. Whereas on the flip side if you're investing in something that is appreciating against the Singapore dollar maybe the US dollar mm-hmm. your returns will now be outsized because you get the returns on your asset as right. well as the increase in the appreciation in the currency if you convert it back to Sing dollar. Okay. What about investing in local stocks? People think that when you invest in local companies that you are not exposed to exchange rate currency uh-huh. risk at all. Yes, but yes. actually, you have to watch out for what you're investing in. Okay. Because a lot of companies, they also operate in foreign markets, right? right. So they have foreign-derived income. Right. So if there's an exchange rate fluctuation there, their foreign-derived income may also fluctuate. Wow, okay. See, I completely missed. Yeah, so you have to be a little bit wary. People think about this a lot when they're thinking of US companies. For example, the example people like to give is Nike. Because Nike is a US company. So you think of them as, oh, as long as the US economy is doing well, Nike will be doing well. Exactly. But actually, Nike only derives 46% of their income from the US market because they sell globally. So the rest of it is international. So then if, for example, the euro has a fluctuation against the US dollar and maybe the euro goes down, 
then their foreign derived income can also decrease. Right. But then they report on their balance sheet in US dollar. So then their gross profit margin, I know it sounds a bit technical, but like that will be lesser because of the income yeah. or currency exchange. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And I've exp- I think you've explained it really, really well there because I'm pretty sure every other investor out there, particularly retail investors, mm. will be thinking along those lines that you just mentioned like oh if it's a US based I'm pretty sure it's going to do well because by virtue of the fact that the US dollar is already stronger than the Sing dollar I'm safe but you have to look at the company's financials you actually have to look at and assess the company's financials think about how much of their income actually comes from the US market correct right so if you're thinking of it in a Singapore context I think about this the most is usually to do with REITs Mm -hmm. so REITs are like a way to invest in real estate right correct and a lot of Singapore REITs have foreign properties where they're getting foreign rental income correct yeah so you have to see like how much of their income is actually from foreign economies Mm. and whether that will affect their own so margins. if I'm investing in an S REIT that is in the US, or well, the bulk of my revenue is going to come from the US market, mm. that generally means I'm all right. Yes, because the US dollar is strong. So right. when you convert it back to the Sing dollar, it's still good. Okay. Whereas if they're investing in European assets, for example, then that might not be so good for us because okay. right now the euro is a little bit weaker. Wow, that was an eye opener <laughs> because it really does make you think about your portfolio and really reconsidering what the strategy should be. Yes. That being said, though, does this mean that I should be relooking my portfolio now and changing my strategy and ducking out? Or what should I be doing then, mm. considering this is where we're at with the Sing dollar? Well, I think personally, there's no reason to be impulsive. Because if we are worried about exchange rates, then all the more these companies will be worried about exchange rates. So actually, what a lot of these companies do do is they hedge the exchange currency risk on their end. Okay. So there's a lot of like financial derivatives that they can do. So they kind of have more of a stable idea of what the currency exchange will be. So you can kind of defer this responsibility to some extent to the company itself sure, and let them hedge the currency risk for you. Mm-hmm. So what's important for you to do as an individual investor is just to understand like what is the nature of the business mm-hmm. and whether you're comfortable with that. So unless there's some like big macroeconomy thing that is happening, for example, like the Russia-Ukraine thing, maybe yeah. you don't want to hold your assets in like Russian-denominated assets, right? Sure. That's a Although bit... I'm, I'd be fascinated to find out who has them. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little bit different. But mm. if you're talking about smaller fluctuations in exchange rates, then yeah, I don't think there's any need to be impulsive. That's fantastic advice. Thanks, Enya, for helping us dig deeper into what the strengthening of the Singapore dollar means. And of course, thanks to you, our listener. If you've enjoyed this episode of Money Talks, there's more content for you to enjoy. Simply follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave a review. Give us five stars. Why don't you? The team behind Money Talks is Joanne Chan, Jacqueline Chan, Crispina Robert, Saya Wind, Charlene So, and I'm Andrea Hayne.